This is what we're going to call the 11th commandment. And um, John 13, 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word to get us started in this today. John 13, 34 and 35. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we would ask now that you would bless this time we have together this morning. And Heavenly Father, we pray for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I ask God that you would just grant me a filling of the Spirit for this service. Lord, open all of our understandings that we might understand the Scripture. And now, Father, we commit this unto you. Thank you for it. Glorify yourself in all that's done. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. This commandment that we find here is, uh, we can call that the 11th commandment. If you go back to Exodus 20, verses 1 to 17, you'd find that, of course, this commandment is not listed there. And so we have this then, a new commandment. So this would be the 11th commandment. And... uh, He says the new commandment, it's new because it wasn't part of the original ten. That's one thing about it. Now as we look at this, there's some things that I want to bring out to you today. Next week, I was going to just tie two things together. I was going to put love and compassion together. But I decided that I was just going to take a moment and talk to you about the love of God. The grand distinctive of Christ's disciples is this love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. This love of God that we talk about, the Holy Spirit has shed it abroad in our hearts and it makes a difference to us. I've met People that didn't have the ability to love. Men and women. I've met people that's lost that ability to love. And then God saved them. And God, boy, goes to work on them. And lo and behold, the love of God was shed abroad in their hearts. And they went from a cold, hard, Indifferent heart to a loving, warm, caring heart. It's amazing what the love of God can do. It changes us. What we see is this. Now in John 15, 12, it says, This is my commandment. 
that ye love one another as I have loved you. Now that is a powerful statement. That ye love one another. You see, if we've never experienced Christian love, we don't know what it's like. We need an example, don't we? And that example is Christ. So the first thing I want you to realize, if we're going to love one another, we've got to have an example. Because other than that, we don't know it. We've got to see it. And so what we find here then, Jesus says in John fifteen twelve, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. So we find then that our example is Christ. You see that? Our example is Christ. Well, now there's going to be some things about that example that's going to challenge you and me unbelievable. There's going to be some things that we're going to see. In verse 34 and 35 is just absolutely amazing. We look at this, we realize, wow, a new commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Now listen to me. We cannot love the family of God unless we look at them as the family of God. You know that? Because the family of God is not necessarily going to agree with us doctrinally. But we still need to love them. I can teach them. I can talk to them. I can stand on church truth. Tell them about it. Perchance that God would open their understanding and show them that truth. But they are still part of the family. That is extremely important. Know this. He says, as I have loved you. Wow. Well, that's an amazing thing, isn't it? As I have loved you. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Does that make any sense? You see, as I have loved you, there's a couple things about Christ's love that we, we've got to grasp. And that's this. One, it's a love that loves others before they love us. It's a love that loves others before they love us. Christ loved us and gave himself for us. 
Hmm. You know what? That means that he loved us first. Christ first loved us. The love of Christ. It's a love that loves others before they love us. You got that? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to have this grand distinctive of Christ's disciples, and if the Holy Spirit is going to come along and the love of God is going to be shed abroad in our hearts, we're going to find that it's going to change us. Listen. There's got to be a softness in the heart of the saved as well as a firmness in the soul and mind of the saved as we stand for truth. We've got to be able to do that. So we find that Christ Loved us, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That means he loved us first. Christ first loved us and gave himself for us. It's a love that loves others before they love us. Wow. Or if they never love us. We can find that only a Christian love only a person that has the grand distinctive of Christ as a Christ disciple can do that. Because only the saved, only the love that's shed abroad in our hearts, that's for the saved person. Can we do that? We could be so cold, so indifferent, so hard-hearted, about things. We can find that sometimes we just don't have no tears. Our hearts never broken. Jesus said, as I have loved you, well, what was the first thing? His love was simply this. It's a love that loves others before they love us. He loved us before we loved him. Isn't that right? In other words, Christ is telling you and me, people can respond to love. People can respond to love. Put in the right position. I knew a fellow that was a counselor to young people. Had great success. He loved them. Man, kids that were on drugs, all kinds of situations. They asked him what his success was. He had a strange way of doing things. He had hugged those kids. They'd fight. Argue, cuss, carry on. He just keep on hugging them. Times there was times he sat on the floor. He'd hug them, just keep talking to them. He'd hug them until they 
It's like breaking an animal or something until they got tired. And then they just look at him like, all right, you win. But time after time, he had tremendous success. Because he'd done one thing, he just loved those kids that had tremendous troubles. He loved them so much that he'd sit on the floor and just hug them until they gave up. Christ loved us. It's a love that wants to love and help men and women, boys and girls. It's a love that wants to love. Christ love, that's the second thing here. The first thing was, it's a love that loves others before they love us. The second thing is this, it's a love that wants to love. It's a love that wants to love and help men and women, boys and girls. Don't you want to help the people you love? Well, you see, when Christ's love comes in on us, the people we're loving many times don't see it, don't know it. But we do. Because we can see a need. We see a need, don't we? You can see a need. It's kind of like this woman that went to the orphanage and brought a little girl home. And she had a daughter and she was going to bring this little girl home and keep her for a couple of days. And the little girl got to the front steps and just sat down and cried. Didn't want to go in the house, nothing. She just sat there and cried. The daughter was just about a year older. Her daughter walked out there and sat down beside the little girl. And she offered her a teddy bear. She a girl didn't want it. She offered her a cookie. The girl didn't want it. So she looked at the little orphan girl and said, well, I'll just sit here and cry with you. And so she put her arm around her and she just sat there and cried with her. And after a little while, the little girl stopped crying and looked at her and they got up and went in the house and ate the cookie and played with the doll. You see, you're going to find that people can respond to that type of love. It's a love that wants to love and help. Christian love. Listen, the grand distinctive of Christ's disciples, they're willing to love the unlovable. The grand distinctive of Christ's disciples is they're willing to love one another. They're willing to love. They want to love. It's a love that wants to love. Men and women, boys and girls. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Christ's love 
In a world, now get this, the Bible says, in the end times, the love of many will wax cold. Right? Well, you know what we need to counter that? If we don't want that to happen to us, then we need the love of Christ to be shed abroad in our hearts. Do you know why it's easy for us to be humans are expert at this? Humans are really good at being critical. Yeah. I mean, boy, we can be critical in a heartbeat. Right. Now, I've always said this, you can't love somebody you criticize all the time. I used to tell that to married couples. You show me a wife that criticizes her husband all the time, I'll show you a woman that, that cannot love her husband. There's a wall there. And she's building a wall to stop him from loving her. Or a man in the home that constantly criticizes the wife or the children or the children, whatever. Ain't no way you can love them. You cannot love somebody you criticize all the time. Because what you're doing, you're focusing on that which you cannot love. Rather than that which you can love. Christ, if Christ focused on our sin, he wouldn't have been able to love us. But he didn't focus on that, did he? He focused on our need. He Amen. saw our sin. Amen but focused on our need. And there with that, he went to the cross and died on the cruel cross of Calvary because he focused on our need. It's a love that loves others before they love us. It's a love that wants to love. It's a love that wants to love and help men and women, boys and girls. Psalm 147.3 says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Wow! That's what God does. Psalm 147 verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. That's what God does. He has the ability to do that. He has the ability for such a thing as that. And them notes right there, those scriptures that I've given you, we have Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 listed there. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love. In other words, our lifestyle, walk in love. That should be our lifestyle. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Wow. Be followers of God as dear children and walk in love. 
as Christ also hath loved us. Have you noticed something? There's things about love that's always amazed me. I've been around people that were selfish with their time, talents, ability. I've been around people that, boy, they just didn't want to. They were greedy with their time. But then, boy, when the love of God gets shed abroad into their hearts, all of a sudden now, they change. They become a living sacrifice. They begin because now they love, they give up their time. They sacrifice their time. They don't keep it any longer. They're not greedy with their time. They're willing to share their time to help others. Listen, when love moves in, greed and selfishness move out. Have you ever noticed that? Boy, when people love somebody, they're willing to go to all kinds of great lengths to manifest that love, to care for that love, to nurture that love. Aren't they? Well, listen. Christ left heaven for you. Became a man for you and me. Christ, look at what Christ did for you and me. He loved us as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us. That's what love does. True love is not selfish. Christ loved us and gave himself for us. And if the people of this church or any church, if we learned if God's love would be shed abroad in our hearts, we would find that we would do the same thing. Christ loved us and gave himself for us. We would find ourselves loving others and giving ourselves to others. That's what love does. And as I look at this, and I've titled this, Love is the Grand Distinctive. And look what it's going to do. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Well, how are the people around us going to see us? Well, by this shall all men know they are my disciples. How's your lost relatives going to see us? Well, the word of God says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. 
when we truly manifest love one for another, people outside of this church will see it, recognize it. It says, by this shall all men know they are my disciples. We talk about lifestyle evangelism. Well, there's a thing called church-style evangelism. You're looking at it. How is it that the lost around us and the cold and different around us will know that we are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ? They'll know that when they see Christian love for one another being manifested. One to another. That's the thing that makes the difference. By this shall all men know. See that? The word of God declares that when the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts and then manifested from us to one another, guess what? Somebody's watching. Somebody's listening. Somebody's paying attention to. And walk in love as Christ hath loved us and hath given himself for us. Wow, that's love. And verse 35, John 13, 35 By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. The importance of that cannot be understated. Now watch this. Jesus said, He that loveth me keepeth my commandments. He that loveth me keepeth my commandments. Now look at John 13, 34 at the top of your page. What does it say? A new commandment I give unto you. It's not a suggestion. It's not a hope so, maybe so, think so thing that he's going to give. It is a commandment. You got it? It's a commandment. And Jesus said, if he loved me, keep my commandments. That's important, isn't it? Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. The saved will see and know. The lost world will know. Boy, that's important. A man was fixing to learn a huge lesson. A man walked into a church and 
visited that church for a little while and left. The pastor went to see him and said, I've noticed you stopped coming. And he said, yeah, I, I have. He said, why'd you stop coming? He said, because your church is cold and dead in there. And the pastor said, well, why do you say that? We have good music. We got this. We got that. He said, well, it's like this. The Bible says that we should love one another. And when I come into your church, you might have all of that. But there's one thing missing, and it's missing in a very, very, very clear way. And the pastor said, what's that? Your love for others is cold and indifferent. You see, it makes such a difference when somebody can experience Christian love. Do you have a hard time praying for somebody? Well, if you really loved them, you wouldn't. It'd be easy for you to do it. Why? Because you love them. It's easy for you to pray for the ones you love, isn't it? I would hope so. But for those people outside of that family relationship, you see, love affects our will, love affects our value system. Man, if you love money, that's going to be your focus of life. But if you love Christ, keeping his commandments will be the focus of your life. Listen, when we learn to love the right person, when we learn to love the right thing, we're going to find not only will it free us in this life, but it'll give us peace of heart and mind and soul. Man. You'll find the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For he that loveth the things of the world well, I'll just stop right there. I'll let you figure the rest of it out. Love not the things of the world. Listen to me. You see, when our love is focused on the world, then we want the world to bring happiness and joy and peace to us. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Man. Why? Listen, if that's the focus of your love, then the things of the world are going to be the things that bring joy to you. And that's temporal joy, isn't it? There's no stability in that. The things that God gives me, I praise Him for it. I thank Him for it. I like it. But I've drugged that woman all over the world, and boy, every time we've sold everything. Sold it. Sold it. Sold it. 
I go to sell something. She'll say, sell it. God give me something better. But she's still stuck with me. <laughs> you know, things, sometimes we got to understand something. This fellow went to a wedding. And he was standing in the back room. He was one of the people who was going to stand up front. He kept trying to tie this bow tie. Couldn't do it. Finally, he asked this older fellow standing there. He said, man, do you know how to tie a bow tie? He said, oh, yeah, I can tie a bow tie real easy. He said, come here. Uh, he said, well, he said lay, down, lay down on this sofa. And he laid down on the sofa, and the old man went over there and tied that bow tie just perfect. He got up, and he looked in the mirror, and he said, man, that's good. I got to ask you one question. Why did you cause me to lay down? He said, man, I can't tie a bow tie on somebody standing up. I'm an undertaker. <laughs> you see, sometimes when you have a right view of things, then you understand why somebody does what they do. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just real, isn't it? That's life. But you see, folks, listen to me. That love is so important. On the page I passed out there, Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for our sweet money Savior. We got to ask this question. Are we walking in that type of love? Listen, if we're focused on self, we're not walking in that. If we're striving for the things of the world, we're not walking in that. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Man, if we love Christ, we're going to find we're going to have an eternal relationship that brings constant, consistent peace to you and me. The world is going to bring trouble to us. You take a spiritual person, put them around a worldly person, both of them are miserable. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's a fact. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. It says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. You get it? The world shall know you're his disciple. Not by the creed you recite, not by the clothes you wear, not by the hymns we sing, not by the rituals we observe, not by the Bible you carry, not by the doctrines you fight for, but by this shall all men know 
What is it that you have love one toward another? Amen. The importance of this. You want others to see Christ. The Bible says we are epistles written and read of all men. The only Bible some people will ever read is going to be you and me. Well, are they going to get a true reading or is it going to be a false reading? That love of God, when it's shed abroad, in our hearts. Listen. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. That type of love is not of God. But I read that verse many years ago. And I want you to know something. It freed me. To serve Christ. It'll free you to serve Christ. Because you won't be tied to things. I don't want to be tied. I don't want to be tied down. If God wants me to go, I want to be able to pack up and go. I want to be able to sell out and go. I want to be able to go. Do whatever He wants me to do. I want to live in such a way that my love for God is going to overrule anything, even common sense at times. Amen. When I moved up here and moved in this little room in here, boy, I had a lot of preachers say, man, I couldn't do that. I thought that's why God wants me to do it. I had a lot of preachers say, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. Well, how's this going to work out with your house? I don't know. I just know I'm doing right now what God wants me to do. That's all that counts. Listen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. When you get to that point, now listen to me, look up here. Never live in such a way that you have to give an excuse to God for not doing something. Live your life free to do whatever He wants you to do. Go wherever He wants you to go. Be free. Live Trusting in Him. The last verse. 1 Thessalonians 4.9 But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Amen. You hear that? Taught of God. Taught of God. Listen. Just think about this now. 
When you look at that verse, that's amazing. How many times do you find in the Bible where you're taught of God of something? Oh. Listen. Taught of God to do what? Love one another. Taught of God to do what? Love one another. Taught of God. Taught of God. God thinks it's so important. He does the teaching himself. God thinks it's so important. He does the teaching himself. On an individual basis. On a church basis. He writes to them. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. It's not a thing that we have to work up, make up, draw up, or act like. It's something that God himself will teach us. Wow. For ye yourselves are taught of God to do what? To love one another. That one thing. Just think about it. For God so loved the world. God loved. Then Jesus. He loved us. God the Son loved us and gave himself for us. <clears throat> when you start putting all this together, here's what it looks like. The very motive of God was love. He gave his Son the very Motive and motivation of God the Son was His love for you and me. And now He comes back and says, taught of God to love one another. Wow, no wonder John 13, 34, and 35 is so important. New commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. And that ye also love one another. First Thessalonians 4 9 at the bottom, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Listen to me. There's one thing that I know that's a certified fact. You know what that is? You cannot and I cannot love like God wants us to love. We do not have that ability. In ourselves. But boy, when the love of God in Christ Jesus is shed abroad in our hearts, now all of a sudden, I have an ability to love that I didn't have before. I have a capacity now to love like I never had before, I get amazed at reading 
testimonies and of people and of what to, to the extent of what some young missionaries have done. I'm, I've, I'm sure I've mentioned this to you because it's paramount in my mind years ago when they had the old slave ships. There's a couple young white Moravian missionaries and they wanted to get on the ship and preach to the slaves and stuff. They told them, no, you can't do that. The only way you can do that is become one of them. So those boys sold themselves into slavery that they might give their life preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the slaves on the slave ships. Listen. There's some people that love has moved them to do tremendous things with their lives. And that same love that is taught of God can change you and me. That same love has a motivation that moves us toward honesty, morality, character, integrity. That same love moves us to be willing to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ in rejection, in persecution, in life unto death. That same love moves us toward the Word of God. That same love puts a value on the things that God values. And it's definitely not the world. Right. No. When you value things that God values, you'll find out Ephesians 5, 2, and walk in love. And walk in it. In other words, let that be your lifestyle. Have you ever been around a loving Christian? I'm not talking about a Christian that's just a Christian. I'm not talking about somebody that will talk to you about it a little bit, but I know I'm talking about a loving Christian. Well, I have. I've been around some very loving Christians. Now, they might have been in prison and out of prison. But they were loving Christians. Their life for Christ was founded in in their love for Christ and for one another. 
Love not the world, they didn't have enough of the world to love. Their striving was not for the world. Their striving was to love Christ and one another. They were loving people. And they had the character of love. The kindness of love. The sweetness of love. The heart of love. They had a soft, warm heart for the people of God and the work of God. They committed their time and effort to the things of God. Because they love God. They love the people of God. They memorized the word of God. Because they loved it. They read the word of God. Because they loved it. I used to pick up. An old man by the name of Johann Friesen. He was a German. Russian. And I'd pick him up of a morning and I'd say, Johan, was hast du heute Morgen gelesen? In other words, what have you read this morning? And he would always start quoting me what he was reading and memorizing. I went over and picked him up one morning to take him to the language school and I asked him that question. He started quoting. He quoted all of Hebrews to me in that car. All of it. Not some of all of it. The whole thing. But what was amazing was this. As he quoted the word of God. Boy, when he got to certain parts of it where he'd stumble a little bit and maybe have to think about it for a second, I noticed tears running down his face. He loved the word of God to the point that he'd cry if he couldn't remember it. Amen. Where are we at in relation to that? Listen, folks. We never know where we're at until we have something to compare to. Isn't that right? Man, I can go buy me some nice new t-shirts. I, I think the ones in my drawer are white. And I pull one of those things out, throw it out, and lay it next to one of those new ones. Different story. Right? right? right. Listen. We need an example. Let's let Christ be our example. And then let's live such a life as it says, walk in love. Let you and me walk in love to the point that our lives will be a testimony to everybody around us. That the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Love will be a disciplining thing also. Amen. 
love will discipline us. There's things we won't do. Why? Because I love God. There's things we will do. Why? Because I love God. You see, you want some disciplines in your life? Love Christ. Love one another. And you'll find out. You'll wind up. Hey, it's kind of like Dorcas. Man, in the Bible, she made all kinds of stuff, didn't she? And when she died, people cried over, look, this is what Dorcas made for me, and this is what Dorcas made for me, and this is what Dorcas made for me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, as I end this this morning, as I said a few minutes ago, a testimony of God. When you walk in love, the world, the Bible says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You and I must live in such a way that the world around us knows that the grand distinctive of Christ's disciples is loving one another. Amen. The world's going to know. How? Not by the Bible we carry. They can care less. Not by the church we go to. They can care less. Not by the creed we recite. Not by the clothes we wear. Not by the hymns we sing. Not by the rituals we observe. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. May God and Christ do a work in all of our lives. May the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts. Amen. To the point that the world will see those people love God. That man, that woman loves the word of God. Those people love the preaching of the word of God. Those people love the house of God. Those people love God and truth. Wow. Let your love so shine. Let your love be the light of the world. Let your love be a motivation. For you to move toward God and Christ. Let that love change you. Let that love be a testimony to you, from you. By this shall all men know. Remember something. It's a testimony. May it happen. May we be known for that. Because it's so important 
that it says, For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. See that? It's so important to God that he's going to teach it himself. Let's all stand, if you would, please. May God's love be shed abroad in our hearts. We love him because he first loved us. Oh, how I love Jesus. Join me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Amen. Brother Chuck Kramer, would you dismiss us in prayer, please?